Well, hello again, and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. For those of you who are watching online, welcome as well. I hope you are doing well today in this uh, chilly beginning, uh, starting to feel like fall, right? Uh, some of you love this. Some of you hate it. It's so funny, the, the, the dichotomy, the, everybody's got their own little uh, opinions on it. But uh, we're here. It's a little chilly. You made it, and it's good to be together. Uh, if you have your phones, we do have a QR code on the screen that you can uh, take a, not take a picture of, but get your camera out. That'll direct you to our weekly bulletin so that you can uh, know what all's coming. It also has links to ways that you can connect uh, with us here at Press Church. I do want to highlight a few things coming up. Uh, actually, before that, uh, we have a... Um, a text-to-give number as well. If you are giving financially today, we have a text-to-give. You can give through, um, through the links in the QR code. We also have a box by the back exit uh, that you can give financially, and we appreciate that. It's only through uh, your generosity, through your involvement, that we're able to do the things that we do here at Press Church. Uh, and so we have some fun things coming up. We have um, a candy collection that we've been doing. There's a, a box, basket, rolly thing in the lobby that we're collecting candy. Next Sunday is the last Sunday to get that in. We are going to be doing the um, uh, f- uh, Candy by the Carload. I think it's called Powell. Candy by the Carload. It's kind of like a trunk or treat uh, here in Powell. We are going to be putting up our own little stand that day and giving out candy. So if you would like to bring some candy, uh, next Sunday is the last Sunday to do that. So make sure that you bring that. Uh, also, uh, for youth, uh, the families of youth, we do not have youth tonight because this Friday we have the youth lock-in. So youth, make sure that you guys are getting ready for that. This Friday, youth lock-in. We do have um, a, a little pamphlet waiver form uh, for the parents to fill out. So make sure you have that and fill that out um, and put that in. But that is this Friday, I believe. Wait, let me double check that. What is that? Yes, that's right. Today's the 15th. Oh, my gosh. We're already the 15th. That's crazy. Anybody else feel crazy? Like, this year is flying by. It's already the 15th. So, yes, youth, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be super fun. I, I actually think that I'm supposed to, like, there's something I'm doing on Friday, and I think it involves me embarrassing myself, and the youth leaders haven't fully told me what I'm doing yet. So, if you're a youth, you're just going to have to be there to figure out what that is, and then we'll figure out together, because I don't know either. But, anyways... Uh, the other really cool thing coming up, in November, we are adding a baptism service. Uh, so November 19th, we are adding a baptism service. We had someone come to us say, I want to get baptized. And uh, so I wanted to open up the invitation. If you are somebody who's never uh, gotten baptized, who's never uh, just shared the fact that they're uh, following Jesus in that way, uh, we are doing a baptism service November 19th. So make sure uh, you can connect with us, again, through the QR code. Um, but you can let us know if you are interested in doing that or know someone that's interested. We would love to be a part of that service together. All right. In God we trust. Uh, I actually love the, the little question mark. Like, do we? Do we? In God we trust? Do we? Every one of us in this room, we trust in something. You're trusting that chair is going to hold you up through the service. Uh, you're trusting that our air does not have carbon monoxide in it or at least enough to hurt you. Uh, like, we, we, we're, tr- we're trusting in something, you know what I'm saying? And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, experience, you know, we've experienced something so often that just, we just don't even think about it anymore. Like, you just go and you just sit on that chair. But if you're somebody who every time you sit in a chair, it breaks, you're probably going to, like, be different when you're sitting on a chair, right? You're going to be like, wait, is this, is this actually going to do it? We trust in something, 
And, and I think the question for us is, how do we know when we're trusting in God? How do you know when you're trusting in God? Are there areas of your life that are off limits to him? And in this series, as we begin today, we're going to be diving into some counterintuitive practices that move us from ordering our lives just around seeing comfort and, and feeling good to actually pursuing holiness and peace and true joy through trusting in God. And so, can we truly say, in God we trust? Every week, uh, our teaching team, we get together and we uh, drive around in a car and put some GoPros up and just talk about the message for today. So I'm going to invite you to watch this short video. The other day, uh, I saw a burglar kick his own door in. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm working from home. They're so oh, bad. Jesus. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. I just had to get you, you know, get us started. <laughs> always, always bringing it. Oh man! All right, new series. In God we trust. Can, Should it be just... in God we trust? Question mark. Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> in we, That's good. Yeah. We, it's like it's like. Uh, Ron Burgundy and Anchorman, there's a... In God We Trust? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we like to think we trust in God, <laughs> but... Uh, but do we? Right. And I, I know, like, yeah, we're introducing this series, and I knew, like, putting this out there, it's like, there's automatically uh, this uh, political I element, political, right? Uh, <laughs> because it does appear on our money. Yes. Yeah, it does. And uh, we're actually not coming at it from that angle. We're we're uh, we're kind of asking the question. It's a self-examination. Yes. Do we really trust in God? Yes. And what does that mean, or what does yeah. that look like, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is that actually expressed in your life that you trust God? Yeah. And so uh, a lot of times, I, I think that's where we're coming from when it, 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 we hold on to things. It, it, so it's the things we trust are actually the things that help us avoid pain. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's a that's a one liner right there. <laughs> put that <laughs> mic drop it. Put put that on a meme or something. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. good. It's understandable. Oh yeah. You know, no one goes, oh yeah, I want some pain. <laughs> Sign me up. Well, maybe some people. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. But. Yeah, pleasure, comfort. Right. Yeah, th- those are the things we're looking for ultimately. As long as my bank account is is mm-hmm. big enough, I can withstand any emergency. Yep. You know, yeah, so, I don't yeah. need God then. Yep. As long as my job's bringing in a certain amount, yep. as long as certain certain boxes are checked, you know, we were talking through the series. You're like almost taking like an audit of your trust. Yeah. Like you, you I think that's a, a great, I like a, just a great visual of like <laughs> auditing your life, like based on the things that I do. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it, I think it was a, it was good. Um, yeah. Like I mean, that's like Jesus said, right? You know. Uh, where your where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So at some point, we do need to do a little self audit and say, okay, where's my heart? Because that's where my treasure is. Or maybe, hey, let's look and see where my treasure is. Because naturally, my heart's going to follow. Right. So what am I investing in? Because that's what I'm placing my trust in. Yeah. Good thoughts. Uh, All right, well, I hope you're ready today, because over the last couple, like the last month, you guys haven't had to listen to like a full regular sermon. 
You guys are like, it was great. We loved. No, it was awesome. I, I really appreciated last series getting to hear stories of uh, just your guys' stories and having you guys getting to meet other people in the congregation and hearing their stories. Uh, but uh, you're going to have to listen to a full message today, so, so buckle up. Uh, no, there's, there's a lot of great things happening here at Press, and we want to continue uh, to see this ministry grow and continue to see impact people. And I believe that it, a vital piece of making that happen is through each of us stepping into trusting God um, more and trusting him in, in a deeper way than maybe we have before. A battle that every one of us must face in this life is the battle of believing the lie that we are in ultimate control. We face that. As much as we may not say it, we believe that we're in control. And it's not a new lie. It's not like it's just our culture uh, that, that believes this lie. It's, it's c- continued for, for centuries that we, we think we're in control. And it's so natural not even to, con- to question that we're in control. I create my own destiny, right? Through my power, I'm going to make what I want happen. I build my own wealth. I, I, I bring it in. I do it. I get it. And, and that's something that's ingrained in us. And yet in Deuteronomy, we see a really good reminder. This is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. Uh, and it says this. It says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Have you ever said that to yourself? Ever ever looked around of what you have and like given yourself a little pat on the back? Like, yeah, I did that. I, I, I have. I think we all have. It's like, there's probably times that you worked really hard for something, and you got it. And you're like, yeah, that was me. But I love this verse because it says, there's, like a, there's, a, there's a but in there. There's a but in this verse. But remember. Right there. But remember. You can say that. You, you can say, yeah, I, I did that. But remember. And I think how easy it is for us to forget that even our own abilities, like the works are, even the ability to do that is a gift from God. We, we, we didn't and could not will that into place. You can't be like, oh man, I wish I had this like gift. Sure, you can learn some new things, but even the ability to learn something, sure, you can learn some new things, but he knew as a this life in a way of like we take the credit. I take the credit for myself. I worked hard. I did it, right? I did it. It was me. And when we approach life as this I did it, there's now no need to give thanks or recognize God in it because I am solely the one who made it happen. And so we fight this lie that I did it, I earned it, and it's mine. And I think, like, you know, most of us, we're, we're good people, right? And so we fight. Oh, it's like, yeah, we're not, we're not too selfish. But I think inside of us, if we're honest, and this is coming from, I mean, I do the same thing. I think if we're honest, we really struggle through this 
idea that we're not in control. Like, the, we, we really think we're in control. And I, I saw this. I was going to put this in my notes. I took it out, but I'm going to say it anyways because I think it works, and it's, it's not fully in line with where I want to go today. But we see this. I remember at the beginning of COVID, when COVID happened, and everybody's freaking out. Why are they freaking out? Because they're not in control. All of a sudden, the little bubble that we're in, the safety bubble, we're, we're, we've got it under control. Now there's this virus that nobody really knows anything about, and there's people dying, and we're now freaked out because we have no control over that. Or at least at the time, we didn't feel like we had any control over. And everybody's losing it. So we go buy toilet paper and whatever else to get through that. I don't know why toilet paper, but you know. Not tissues or more soap to wash our hands. You know, heaven forbid we would do that. But it's a great visual of like, in that moment, you felt it. You felt that, that fear creep in of like, I'm not actually in control. And so we can hide it. So it's easy to hide it in our daily lives because we aren't actually, that, that pressure point isn't being pushed too much. Because we're, we're, we're able to just kind of go through life, and we kind of feel that way. Like, yeah, I'm in control. And so as we, as, as we begin the series today, I think there's a, there's a foundation that we, that we must build off of, and, and, and it starts with this. It's the foundation that God owns it all. God owns it all. Exodus 19.5, Now if you obey me and my, keep my com- covenant, You will be my own special treasure from among the peoples of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Deuteronomy 10, 14. To the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Job 41, 11. Who has a claim against me that I must pay? Everything under heaven belongs to me. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, all who live in it. Are we getting the picture? God owns it all. It's his. I feel, like, I feel like seeing ourselves as kids can be really good sometimes. Because it's like, you know, let's say you, you've got a little sandbox for your kids. And they go and they start playing that sandbox. That's their sandbox, right? This is my area. They, and, and they don't realize, it's like, yeah, you're, you're in the sandbox. I'd let you play in the sandbox. <laughs> we're in the sandbox. We're the kids playing, thinking that we're in control, making up all stuff, and God owns it all. And I think if you're anything like me, as I was doing this, that, that phrase, God owns it all, if you're like me, one of the first things you do after hearing that is you want to push back on it. When someone says like a big statement to me, like I just want to push back on it. Be like, eh, that's, that's kind of true. Is it? Is it really true? Last time I checked, it was my name on my mortgage, my name on the title of my car, right? God owns all. Sure, that's, that's cute. God owns it all. And yet, that approach in and of itself is the problem. That's the problem. We take and put ourselves right in the center. It's all about me. I'm in, it goes back to this lie that I'm in control. It's me. I own it. And I'm honest enough to say it. 
That's something that I have to fight to actually believe that God owns it all. And I think in putting ourselves at the center, it causes us to not live in a mindset of giving and of being generous. We live out of a mindset of lack and out of protecting what I have, out of what's mine. And we just miss the fact that it's all God's anyways. It's all his. John Wesley framed it this way. He says, when the possessor of heaven and earth brought you into being and placed you in this world, he placed you here not as a proprietor, but as a steward. Until we embrace the truth of God owning it all, we will continue to struggle to live our lives as stewards. We'll continue to be grabby with what I think is mine and not realize that God has put you here and given you what you have to steward it and to steward it well. I mentioned uh, in the opening that we'll be diving into some counterintuitive practices that move us, from, move us to ordering our lives around trusting God. And I think one of those counterintuitive ideas that he set in place was that of tithing and being generous. The last time I checked, giving stuff away didn't help me get more. Why would I give? Why would I give away? Why would I be generous? And two, why would I support this system of even tithing? What, why would I do that? And yet the core practices that were instilled for the people of God, like, was tithing and, and an encouragement to have a heart of generosity. It was built into their framework. And I think it was intentional because in doing that, you have to trust something other than yourselves. You, you now, instead of trusting in what you have, you're trusting in something bigger. Be generous. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8. It encourages people to be open-handed with those who need help. That's on top of the tithing system that they had. It was just, be generous. Be willing to help. It doesn't seem to make sense, and yet the reason behind it is so important because it moves us into a place where I trust God more than I trust myself. It trusts God more than what I have. I, this is one of the reasons, and, and we warned you guys last week that we'll talk about money and things. The reason why money is so hard for us to talk about is because it has such a stronghold on us for something that we trust in. It's the reason why we squirm when money is talked about. Don't go there with me. The church, no, you don't, you don't have... You don't, yeah, sure, maybe I as a pastor, maybe you don't let me into that area of your life, but God talks about money quite a bit. And part of the reason is because we put our faith and our trust in that. And so this system of, of giving money, the system of being generous, this encouragement, it's a reminder to ourselves, and it's a discipline that we can engage in that, that reminds ourselves of, of where our trust is. Heck, if it's all God's anyways, and you tithe, you get to keep 90%. You get steward 90%. That's pretty cool. 
God owns it all. And this, even the tithing system, we've said it before, I, you don't have to tithe. It's not like we're bound to a tithe. It wasn't, it, but the reason why the tithe, and just so you know, a tithe is 10%. Giving to the church isn't just a tithe. If you do 10%, that's a tithe. The reason why that's so important, why we would even encourage that, is because, again, it's reminding, it's putting your priorities first, that first 10%. So it's saying, yeah, that first 10%, I'm just, that's, that's, that's going to ministry. That's going to support what God is doing. It's not so I'm a better Christian. It's not so that, that I feel better about myself. It's, it's, it's a practice that reinforces what I say I believe. And so you've never heard us here at Press be like, well, if you're not tithing, you're not a good Christian, or you shouldn't be. Yeah, I would love for our church to tithe. If, if our whole church tithe, we would... There'd be no money problems. But you shouldn't tithe just because of that. You should tithe because it's something that is reinforcing and, and, and expressing a truth that goes beyond that, a truth that I'm not bound by my stuff. I'm not, I'm not directed by my stuff. And God's going to take care of me whether I do 10% or not. God owns it all. Toward the end of King David's life, there's a, there's a section in 1 Chronicles where you see him beginning the process of building the temple. And you know, his son is going to be taking over king. And David pretty much gives all of his wealth to the building of the temple. I mean, gold, silver, jewels, like everything. He's like, he's just, he's just giving it. Just go. This is bigger than me. I, and, and the crazy thing is, it's, it, he's, he wasn't even going to see it. You know what I mean? It wasn't his to build. His son was going to take that and run with it. But yet he's giving all of it to something bigger than him. And it spurred on a bunch of other people to just give generously for the completion of the temple. And what stood out to me in this story was, was really the heart behind it. It's like these people were, were joyful. They were excited to give to something. something. They were excited to give something that would, that would honor God. They weren't focused, focused on what they were losing or what the, what the lack would be. They were literally like looking forward to the fact that this is going to build this amazing temple for, for God. And in the story, it says that the, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. This is the mindset that we desire. Not just be like, hey, I'm just going to empty my bank account. No. But that we would be cheerful givers. That we would be excited and joyful to give to what God is doing and how he is moving that we can be freed from being enslaved by what we think is ours and start living a way that, that has our hands open, saying, God, how do you want me to steward what you have given me? And what's great is, as I say this, like there's so many of us in this church and even outside our church who have, who have done that, who have, who have lived generously, who have given generously, who have supported generously, and who have been excited and joyful about what God is doing because of their resources being stewarded. 
But we have to talk through this because it can be such a stronghold in our lives. You can say, I trust God, but don't touch my bank account. I trust God, but don't talk to me about how much money I make or how much money I give. We have to talk about it because it does become an idol. It does become a place that we put our trust. And so I'd like to share, there's, after, after you see David doing this and giving all this wealth and you know, seeing everybody excited for the building of the temple, David goes into a, a prayer, really a, a praise section. And I think it's a, a great thing for us to, to look through. So let's, this is First Chronicles chapter 29. So David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. He says, says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Again, reminder, it's all God's. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. This is a reminder of who's in control. This is a reminder of who owns it. It's a reminder of where our stuff comes from. I, you know, as I was reading this, I can't help but see the Lord's prayer in this. There's ties to the Lord's prayer right here. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And that's one thing that's so important about even the Lord's prayer because it's a reminder to us of where our stuff comes from. You are our provider. God is the one who provides. We've, we've made a habit, our family, every night for the past probably month, we've been saying the Lord's prayer together before bed. And I think it's... It, Every time I say it, it I, I'm forced to reflect on those words. Do I believe these words to be true? Your kingdom come, your will be done. A reminder to ask, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we can go to God and ask, Lord, Lord, give me what I need for today. Forgive me for the things that I have done. May I forgive for those things that have been done against me. Lead me, guide me. We need these reminders. We need the reminder of, of the power structure that's going on here. I am not fully in control. Yes, God has given us this freedom to work hard and to grow things, but at the end of the day, it's him who gives us that power. It's him who gives us that, that, that ability when we recognize that every, where everything comes from, Ben, you can come up. When we recognize where everything comes from, we can be freed to live a life that is not in a mindset of lack or a mindset of shortage, but of a mindset of generosity. We don't have to be afraid of losing. We don't have to be afraid of, I'm not going to be taken care of because I trust in something more than this. I trust in something more than just how much is in my bank account or what car I have, what house I'm in. It's a trust, a deep, a, a true trust in a God that, that I can say, you know what's best for me. And I'm going to live my life out of that truth, that you know what's best. Even though I think I know what's best and I think I'm in control, God, you actually do. 
And I think it pushes us further into a place where we can say, in God I trust. My encouragement for us today would be this. Think about those areas that you haven't trusted God. Maybe it is finances. And I told you, we're going to talk about finances just because it's a, it's, a, it's a big place that we make an idol. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's in relationships. But I think each of us need to take time to recognize where are the areas that I don't actually trust God? Where have I not let him in? Maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's out of fear that he might actually not do what you want him to do or he might not take care of you the way you think you should be taken care of. But if we actually trust that, that he has good for us, we need to dive into that. Today we're going to be taking communion together. If you didn't get the elements, raise your hand or we can get somebody to, to help you with that. And as I was thinking through just taking communion together, the reason why I can trust in God is really because of what we celebrate through communion. I can trust him because of what he's done, of who he has shown to be. He sacrificed so much for me, for us. He gave up so much to come here, to live a life, a perfect life, to die a death that he didn't deserve, to rise again. And because of the truth of what we celebrate in communion, I can trust God. I can put my trust in him because I know he has sacrificed so much for me already. So I'm gonna ask you guys to, to get your elements out. Let's get the, the bread out. As we take these elements today, let's remember what, what God has done for us. The sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross and the truth of his resurrection. That's what we believe. His resurrection and what that means for us. And so let's take the bread. Let's remember his body that was broken for us. Let's take together. And that night when he was with his disciples, he grabbed the cup of wine. And he said, this is my blood which has been shed for you. Let us all be thankful and celebrate what this means for us. Let's take and drink. God, we, we thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for what you went through on our behalf. And God, I thank you that we can put our trust in you because of what you have done.
God, I, I pray that each of us, as we, as we work through the areas of our lives and maybe the places that, that we haven't trusted you with, I pray that, you would, that your Holy Spirit would help call that out in us. That because of our love for you and our desire to follow you, God, that we would open up those, those places of, of, of areas that we haven't maybe let you in and we haven't trusted you with. And God, I ask that, that you would lead us to a place of, of being freed of that bondage, of being, of being freed of being bounded by, by other things, whatever may, that may be, but that we would be able to live a free life, one that's open-handed, one that is generous, one that is willing to, to be used in any way that you ask us and call us to be used, God. God, I thank you for the generosity of this church, for the people who have stepped in and, and just been willing to be used by you. I thank you so much for that. And God, we thank you for what is to come and for where you are taking us and for what you are doing. And I pray that we would be excited, that we would all want to be a part of what you are doing and, and what you are growing and what you are building. And that we would, be, we would have a joy about being a part of that. God, give us the strength to be able to trust you more, to trust you greater. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we continue in this time of worship. And this song, it speaks of, of us remembering that everything is under God, that we don't have to fear, that we don't have to be afraid, that we can trust him in his name. Let's worship together.